Welcome to Jobber's Masters of Home Service podcast, where successful business owners share their secrets for making your business more profitable and efficient. I'm your host, Adam Sylvester, owner of Charlottesville Lawn Care and Charlottesville Gutter Pros for the last 15 years. I truly believe that service entrepreneurs need to come together from different service industries and swap stories, share tips, and learn from each other. By getting together and sharing each other's successes and failures, we can help each other level up. And that's the mission of Masters of Home Service. On today's episode, we're talking about getting new customers and knowing how much each one costs. With me is Paul Jameson, successful business owner and host of the Green Industry Podcast in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome. Good to be back. And Christine Hodge, CEO of Clearview Washing in Freehold, New Jersey, specializing in exterior cleaning and chandelier cleaning. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I know our guests today love Jobber. With Jobber, managing the customer experience from estimates to invoicing has never been smoother. Our listeners can get a special discount on a new subscription by going to jobber.com slash podcast deal. Trust me, it'll make your whole business more efficient and more profitable. So I want to divide our show into two parts. I want to give our listeners a lot of just practical marketing sources. Where do you get new customers, right? We'll go around the circle. And then the rest of the conversation, I want us to focus on the cost of getting those clients because a lot of times that gets forgotten and missed and gets us into trouble. So let's go there next. But first, Christine, start us off. Give us your top three best sources for customers. Our top three lead sources are Google, referrals, and then Facebook. And Facebook, our method is free, actually. Mm. So we pump money into Google. We pump money into SEO. Referrals don't cost us anything. And Facebook, too, does not cost us anything. Explain Facebook a little bit more. Your groups, So Yeah, so we've joined every town page on Facebook that we want to service. And almost daily, there's somebody who says, you know, I'm looking for power washing. I'm looking for roof cleaning. Do you know anyone who will clean my windows? They're X amount of years old or things like that. How do you get the stickers off your post-construction cleaning? Mm. And we're like, well, you should do that professionally. Call us. So that's a free way to connect with your community. And Facebook is cool because Facebook, your personal pages are usually very personal with kids and stuff, but you end up connecting with your customers on a personal level about business and about fulfilling their needs. Yeah, that's great. All right, Paul. Yeah, I agree with you. Google, getting a Google, it used to be called Google My Business. It's Mm -hmm. completely free. Now I think they changed the name to Google Business Profile, Mm -hmm. but it's free 99. And so you definitely want to have that established Mm -hmm. and current fresh pictures on there. That's huge. That's, that's we the love free, thing. right? We love free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you'd be shocked how many people in the lawn care industry don't have their Google My Business or Google Business yeah. Profile now accurately filled mm-hmm. out with fresh pictures, accurate information. So I start there. I agree with Facebook, and we talked at dinner last night. I love Facebook micro targeting ads where you can actually draw a map. If there's an exclusive neighborhood you want to be in, you can draw a map and actually do targeting to that specific neighborhood or house or whatever. So that's huge. And I love Instagram. A lot of our Mm -hmm. clients, these ladies are on Instagram and you get to showcase your work, not only to get new customers, but actually to recruit new employees as well when people see your business on Instagram. So, and we'll get into how you can pay for Facebook micro-targeting ads. That's the hottest thing in lawn care right now, but Google and Instagram's free Mm -hmm. if you actually take advantage of those. Yeah. I think that yard signs work, 
Mm-hmm. I didn't believe they worked until I did them, and they work. I think having wrapped vehicles or at least logoed vehicles work because people see your brand, and then three weeks later they remember, oh, yeah, I'll call them because I remember they see it. And I think that email marketing works. Mm-hmm. I think emailing your customers on a regular basis works. Even people who have bought from you last month, they get an email and they forward it to their friend. I think those three for us, on top of everything you guys have said, are really strong. Any other final tips for our listeners? Yeah, door hangers. So mm. we call them nine around. So if you, let's say you do a mm. sod installation at, at a yard, the nine yards around that one, you just go put a little door hanger on their door. It's tried, it's true, it's been around for a long time. Simple door hangers. You just put it on their door and they're not going to leave it there. So at some point, they're going to go get it off. Yep. And that's a marketing touch. In 1920s, they came out in the movie industry with something called the rule of seven. So if you had a brand new movie in the 1920s, you could market it on the radio or in the newspaper. So they didn't have TikTok <laughs> back in the 1920s or Instagram or Facebook. But their point was, we need to get the word out seven times about our new movie if someone's going to go watch the movie on Friday night. So they'd mm. run radio spots during drive time. They'd run newspaper ads. And eventually, after seven times, People kept hearing about the movie and they would go see it. So mm-hmm. you mentioned our top three, but I really think you need to have like 10 or 12 so that they hear about you on Facebook. Yeah. They see the door hanger. They get the Facebook ad. They get all of those mm-hmm. emails. So it's a little bit of all of that. And over time, they've now said it's a rule of 21s because everyone's scrolling through social mm-hmm. media so fast. It's not like the 1920s where you could have seven touch points and now someone knows about your movie. They need to hear about the name of your business, your mm-hmm. services, 21 times until they feel mm-hmm. credible. Like, you know what? I'm going to call Adam to clean my gutters, or I'm going to call Christine to clean mm-hmm. my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Talking to a listener who is all by himself, very mm-hmm. low budget, just getting started. If you can't afford to wrap your van or even put a logo on your van or your truck yet, mm-hmm. here's a little tip. Stick a sign in the yard while you're working. You can take it away if they want you to, but while you're working, because what's happening? neighbors are looking out the window, yep. looking to see who's out there cutting the grass and power washing the house, and they see that sign, and then mm-hmm. they call you. If that sign's not there, who do they call? That's a really cheap way of getting your brand across in the, in the early days. Christine, any other tips? Yeah, so we've also played around with voicemail bombs. I don't know if you guys mm, have used that. But it's, the anonymous, yeah. it's the anonymous voicemail bomb. So basically you would record a pre-recorded message, and then you would send it out to everyone on your, you know, in your CRM. And the phone, I don't think rings, but they end up with a voicemail. So we strategically set these up so they're ready. They're already recorded, but I schedule them when I see that it's beautiful outside because Mm. in our industry, when it rains, no one's thinking about cleaning their house. Like it's just ugly outside. But when it's beautiful out, the phone doesn't stop ringing. So on a beautiful morning, I'll just schedule it and it would go out. I always try and do like when I know someone would have a break. So in marketing, you're supposed to have the message out, even if it's an email, before they wake up in the morning because they look at their phone first thing or on their lunch break because when they sit back down at their desk or continue working, they're going to check their emails. Mm -hmm. So I would send the voicemail bomb out for their lunch break. They would get the voicemail and then they would call us. So there are little tips and tricks like that. You have your major marketing, but then there are also like customizations that you should do that cater to your business. And for us, it's the beautiful weather and the nice days. It's funny. For us, it's the opposite. When it rains, the grass grows and the gutters leak. And so we send out, <laughs> we send out voicemail bombs when it rains and the phone never stops ringing. That's so it's, funny. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about customer cost of acquisition of customers. Mm-hmm. How much does it cost 
to get a customer. So they're not all created equal, right? You could pay Google a lot of money for a lead or get a free door hanger. So talk to our listeners about making sure that you know what your customer acquisition cost is. How do you go about that? So the first step is knowing your numbers and knowing what you're spending in each marketing category and in really all categories of your business. That is something that I don't think a lot of new business owners do immediately. They think, well, that'll come, that'll come. I know we're making money from this, or I know we're making money from that, or this was a really cool way of advertising, so I'm gonna pump more money into that. But until you see it in black and white, the data, Mm -hmm. and then what you've generated, you actually don't know your numbers. We've been in business for 20 years and didn't know our numbers until year 15. So it's very important. And then you, you know, if you look at the growth chart, you skyrocket when you learn your numbers. So that being said, we would calculate our client acquisition cost. And that is basically what we spent in marketing and then divided by how many jobs that you've done. And we try to keep our marketing between three and 5%. This year we're on the lower side. So it's closer to 3% at about $47 per customer. And it's because we took all of our marketing strategies over the last few years dumped the ones that didn't work, which I recommend doing immediately, because if it didn't work, it's not going to work, and then pump the rest of your money into the successful. That's good. It's interesting. I have a friend, John Pajak. He's a financial, certified financial coach, so he helps people with lawn care businesses. And he reported to me, he's like, I'm shocked when I look at someone's budget. So he has a program called Budgets, Break-Evens, and Bottom Lines, where he reviews all your financials for your business and gives you advice on what you need to be charging to break even. And it, it's a bunch of number crunch and stuff. And he's like, it's crazy how little people spend on marketing. He'll literally dive through your checking accounts for previous years and, and figure out your numbers. Like you said, know your numbers. And you mentioned three to 5% marketing. In any major top 500 business in the world, it's usually 5 to 7%. Some mm-hmm. of the, the bigger companies spending on marketing, yet guys that are new in business, they're like, you know, you mentioned word of mouth referrals earlier, but that's their marketing plan is, oh, we, we do such great work, Paul, that we just get word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Of course, those are the best warm, hot leads, but there needs to be a more total plan. So I, I like that three to 5%. And my bookkeepers, they shared the same report. Like when we look at these books, there's no intentionality of marketing. And then if you are going to spend the 5%, like actually tracking it, here's how much we spent on Facebook. Here's the customers that we brought in from that. And you just run the math equation. We spent a thousand bucks. We got 10 new customers and you run that math. Customer acquisition cost is really just a fancy word for if I put a dollar in, what comes out? Mm -hmm. Right. Does $2 come out or does 50 cents come out? Google, if I put a dollar in, I get $2 back. That's all I should do. (laughs) I shouldn't do anything else. That's a good return. But if I put a dollar in Google and get 90 cents back, I should never do it again, right? And and so you can't, you don't want to, what what our listeners don't want to do is average all of our sources together and say, oh, well, they all kind of work. No, no, no. Some don't work at all. Mm -hmm. Some work great. Just do those. Would you guys agree with that? Yes, and you also have to be very strategic and intentional of what audience you're trying to capture, like what client you want to capture. So for us, we wanted to go heavier into commercial work because we have larger margins there. So we pumped money into a large commercial association in New Jersey that held a lot of property managers and a lot of other commercial companies. And it was a lot of money. And I tracked it throughout the year to make sure the return was consistent. And sure enough, throughout the year and at the end of the year, we were like, yes, Mm, like that was was worth worth it. it. And it pushed us to the goal we wanted to get to with commercial work. Luxury clients. If you want to cater to luxury clients, where are you going to find them? 
pump your money in that direction. Don't pump it into something else. Like we personally don't feel like the luxury clients are going to be on Angie's list. You know what I mean? You have to be very strategic and intentional with where you put your money. That's a really, really good point. So in that case, what your customer activation cost would be, what you spent for the membership, what the value of the jobs all you got, and you just divide it. Let's take a quick 30 second break and we'll come right back. I could never go on vacation. Running my renovation and contracting business took up all of my time until I found Jobber. Last year, I actually headed out of the country and went to the beach for my vacation. I could schedule my team, update job details, make sure my customers were getting taken care of and we were getting paid. All from the beach. You need a vacation and you can do that too. You need Jobber. Smoother from start to finish. Quote, schedule invoice and get paid. Start your free trial today at jobber.com. Listeners to the podcast and get a special discount on a new subscription by going to jobber.com slash podcast deal. If you aren't using Jobber, you need to be. Jobber has made my businesses more profitable and more efficient for sure. So we're talking about customer acquisition cost. What are some common struggles that business owners face in knowing that number? How do you guys track that? How do you know? So first and foremost, you do have to invest your time and effort into your QuickBooks or whatever you're using to manage your numbers, because it is going to take time if you're not already doing it to set it up. But you, without your numbers, it is very rare that you're going to have great success and growth. That being said, once you do have your numbers, there are some very shiny objects in marketing. So it's really fun to do a TV commercial. It's really fun to be on the radio like, oh, this is such a cool moment for our company. But that doesn't necessarily turn it into leads. It might create brand awareness, which is good in the long run, but you have to have the additional budget to invest in brand awareness. But if you're looking for lead generation, those lead sources may not be generating leads. And my recommendation is to dump them. Don't give it another six months. There's only 12 months in the year and Mm -hmm. you can apply that budget into other methods of marketing or other areas of your company, better equipment. So I really highly advise that if something is not working quickly, dump it. How do you know if someone calls you and they saw a TV commercial or they got a flyer? Do you ask them? Yeah, so we ask them. So if a new client profile is created in Jobber, we ask them how they found us. But then when a client calls us that was an existing client on the job profile, that is also a transferable field Mm -hmm. to what prompted the call, essentially. And you're not always going to get it. You know what I mean? Like a customer might say, oh, you did in my neighbor's house. And then I saw the TV commercial, you know, like, so they're, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So you have to do your best to gauge it, but you should ask and it should be a part of the process. That's also a training thing. Sometimes it's hard to be pushy and you don't want to bother a client or, but we had to really push our office. Like we need to capture this data Mm -hmm. and even the sales reps, we need to capture all data. And once you implement that system, you have it for life. Yeah. So true. Yeah, that's good about brand awareness and conversions, and and there it, it will intermingle because some of the work you did to get the brand awareness might have tipped them over the edge, you know, to convert. But at the end of the day, you have to have a measuring tool. We outsource marketing. I shared with you last night. I got a secret weapon down in Texas, Cody. But if we're going to spend X amount of dollars on Facebook, you know, we want a report back of here's the new customers you had. So just actually mathematically measuring what does success look like for this campaign and having some kind of way to track that. But I definitely think you need to do both brand awareness and conversions because you need to get the brand out there of of who you are. And there's so many free ways to do that. Mm -hmm. 
I think it takes a year for a business to know what works for them. Mm-hmm. It takes all four seasons. And because you might put out a thousand flyers and it doesn't work. Well, maybe the flyer was bad. Maybe flyers do work, but maybe a different flyer work. So it takes about a year to, to run enough variables in each platform to really know if it works. And so a, a yard sign might work in one season, but not in a different season. You can't put a Christmas light sign out, out in June. That doesn't, wouldn't work, right? So I, I would say our listeners need to know that it takes about a year to iron out what works, what doesn't work. If I put a dollar in, do I get $2 back? Ah, that works. Let's hit that one. Does anything else work? So I, I would just encourage our listeners to be patient. It, take, it takes a little bit of time, but it doesn't take forever, right? It doesn't take 10 years to figure this stuff out. Don't waste money that you don't have to waste. So all three of us have businesses that have recurring revenue and one-off revenue, a big landscape install, a big gutter install, house wash, but then like recurring window cleaning and recurring mowing. So what is customer lifetime value? Christine, how would you advise our listeners to approach customer lifetime value? So you have to look at it as what are you offering? What industry are you in? So if you're doing a soft wash, you know, you're a soft washing company, you do roof cleanings, for example, it's very hard to generate recurring revenue. Mm -hmm. So you just have to rely on the fact that you guys did a great job. You have a good reputation, good reviews. The customer loved you. They loved the crew. They loved the office, loved the price. And they're going to come back to you every two years for a soft wash. We encourage every one year, every five years for a roof cleaning. But how do you create recurring revenue to create that lifetime value from a customer and make sure that you're touching them more frequently, essentially, right? I don't want to just see that guy once every five years. You have to educate them on all of your services and other areas of their home that they should be looking at because they may not know. And now when I like drive, I'm like, oh my God, how is that house for sale with a roof like that? Like, and we (laughs) think to ourselves like we should leave something on their door. Yeah. So there's education and a lot of people, for us, it all comes so easy because this is our whole life, right? Like we're very passionate about this, but for other consumers, they just don't know what can be done. On top of that, take bits and pieces of your company and see if you can create recurring revenue. We can do gutter cleaning maintenance plans. We just implemented window washing. We have more frequent window washing for the shore houses because of the salts from the ocean. Mm. They don't know that their windows are going to be in worse condition because of the salts from the ocean. So we'll do a sample. So there are different ways to create that lifetime value in a customer. And you as the business owner, you just have to implement it and like strategically document. These are the ways that I'm going to make this customer a lifelong Clearview client. Because if you're spending $50 a lead for a new customer and they stay with you for 12 months, not bad, but if they stay with you five years, that's way better, right? Yeah. We did a series on the podcast. It was nine episodes. It was called how to get and keep customers. Mm -hmm. And so when you originally get a new customer, it's, it's looking long-term, you know, how this is going to be for lawn mowing. It's the best because you mow their grass every week. Then they need some flats of flowers in the spring and the fall, either mulch or pine straw. And then you rinse and repeat every single year. But the goal isn't just to get a new customer, especially in the lawn and landscaping industry. It's to keep that customer long-term. So for sure. Yeah. I'm thinking about commercial. You might end up spending a lot more if you're a plumber and you have a, you could do a $3,000 hot water heater install, you're willing to pay a little bit more for that lead, obviously. But if you have a recurring client, you're willing to pay even more. Here's what I like about this. You're betting on yourself. You're betting on yourself to keep that client. Mm -hmm. Because if you do a good job and they don't move, then they'll stay with you forever, really, in theory. 
Yeah, I was, I just want to add on to that. That client is also a lot of referrals. Mm -hmm. Like that's why referrals is a pretty huge lead source generator because the amount of lifetime clients that you have, those are annual referrals. They're telling all their friends, this is who I use. They're sharing it on Facebook. They're leaving you the Google review when you send out the Google review request. So those customers are spreading the word for a longer period of time than the one-time client. Mm -hmm. I have a client I've had since I was 11 years old. Miss Pax, she's about 95, mm-hmm. and her husband died a few years ago. And they've been the best clients ever. And so if our listeners can get clients for a long time mm-hmm. and you build this metaphorically fence around them, they're telling their friends, they're telling your neighbors, you're at their house every week, so all their neighbors see them every time. A recurring revenue is also good if you want to ever sell your business, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to sell your business, that's really valuable. Yeah, and actually, so a landscaping business has big high-ticket Items, You know, you put in a stone patio paver, retaining wall or sod, or you do this one-time big job, but it's not reoccurring. Mm-hmm. So lawn mowing companies that have a, a weekly maintenance program, they actually sell for more than the landscaping businesses because the landscaping business, it's basically you're selling off your equipment, which is fancy, you mm-hmm. know, skid steers and stuff. But a lawn maintenance business is actually worth more because you have all that reoccurring work year after year. So With big one-time, big ticket, one-time jobs – you're basically just starting over every day. Have to go out, kill something, drag it home every day. But with recurring revenue, you've got revenue booked up. I can look in Jobber and see how much revenue we're going to make in three years because it's, it's just mm-hmm. recurring. And that's it's easier to sleep at night when you have that kind of stuff on the books, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Paul, any final thoughts? Yeah, it's like an orchestra. It's this huge tapestry with marketing. You need to be doing a little of everything that works. And so we talked a lot about investing money into marketing but there's actually things you can do for free. So Google My Business, Google Business Profile, is free 99. You send in your request, they send you a little code, you fill it out, you can keep your pictures there fresh, your Google reviews on there, so you want that to be immaculate. And all that takes is investing time, making sure you have quality pictures and accurate information. And then you go over to Instagram. Your Instagram grid, that's your first nine videos or pictures, that should be full with your best work. You know, mm-hmm. in our industry, if we lay down nice stripes mowing the grass, take a picture. In your world, take a picture maybe before and after of the roof or the nasty gutter and then the clean gutter mm-hmm. and be showcasing those pictures. There's a guy down in Miami, the Miami landscaper. He does pretty much all of his referrals through Instagram because they were they film these little videos like of them doing the job, mm-hmm. put them on Instagram and he's got more work than he can handle. Free. Wow. Free awesome. 99 on Instagram. It's the same with Facebook. The demographic of Facebook is the people with buying power. It's the 50-year-olds spending money on their houses. That's free. So it's getting all of that in order, getting the foundation of the email marketing. That's huge. You guys both kind of mentioned sending out requests for Google reviews. I'm assuming you do that through email. Mm -hmm. So that takes a lot of intentionality. And then adapting the tried and true things like door hangers still work. Mm -hmm. And every door direct mail used to work where you spray out to an area but why would you spend, send that to an apartment complex about cutting their grass? You can't cut their grass. Right. So I would move away from every door direct mail, or they call it EDDM, mm-hmm. to Facebook marketing targeted ads where you actually draw the neighborhood, yeah. only the people, the rich neighborhood that want their grass cut, and target them on Facebook. And so mm-hmm. and the list goes on and on. You guys mentioned voicemails and, and all this stuff, but you need to be doing all of it. Marketing mm-hmm. isn't just... I'm going to do this. It's having that total plan and then measuring each of them and and cutting what's not, you know, trimming the fat, what's not working, but it's all of that. A great branding is, is a little bit of all of that. That's a great summary. Maximize what you're doing for free and then start doing paid stuff. 
after you really maximize the free stuff. And, and can I have one more thing about video? You mentioned earlier you want to get marketing in front of someone before they wake up in the morning. And you said something that intrigued me. You said because they check their phone. Everyone's on their phone. And so if you want to market in this year and the next year, you have to get on people's mobile device on their mm-hmm. phones. And, That's so true. And yeah. there's ways you do that. Email, mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook. Short form vertical video content on all the platforms. If they look at your account and they see your, you have, we call it social credibility, mm-hmm. they trust you more. So you just have to think as a customer, they're on their phone. Mm-hmm. When they look at your business on their phone, do you look raggedy or do you look professional and trustworthy and credible? So I think paying attention to how we get in front of people is, is getting on their phone. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Yeah. I was going to throw in that this doesn't only apply to new customers. This applies to a customer that you've already provided an estimate with. We have automatic emails going out to them up to five years after we've given them the estimate. They're hearing from us every month. Like we are not allowing them to leave our system or our email queue until they reject us. So we've had clients say, I got a quote from you nine months ago. Can you come out? Can you honor the price? That's, you know, up to the company, whatever, whatever. But marketing applies to people who have already requested your service, but we've talked about this. They're busy. So you have to keep reminding them, Hey, I'm here. And you still need a roof cleaning. Christine, you want to, I want to hear what you think about nice job, the platform for getting reviews. We highly recommend Nice Job. So it's basically an automated company that integrates with Jobber. So after you close a job, they will send via text and email your client review link, and then they can send you a review on Google, Facebook, all of those outlets. And the great thing about Nice Job is it's automated, so it'll continue to reach out to the client until you get that raving review that you deserve. So that being said, reviews build your brand's reputation. And that's the first thing you do when you visit a new city or even locally, if you want to eat at a restaurant, you check the reviews. So that's going to help build your online presence, especially with Google. Nice job. It would be a great integration with your CRM, especially Jobber. Yeah. And about reviews for decades, if someone had a review, we're talking about, we're in this wonderful city of Nashville. So it's like, have you ever heard of this brunch place called Milk and Honey? So we're sharing word of mouth reviews, but the new way people share reviews is on the phone. Mm -hmm. You're going to check the reviews of the restaurant, the hotel, you go on vacation, you're going to check the reviews because once someone looks at that and they see you're credible, Mm -hmm. they're going to trust society's opinion of your company. If our listeners aren't using nice job, they're losing money. And if they're using jobber and not using nice job, they're crazy. I don't understand how you wouldn't use it. Nice Nice job is amazing. I'm so thankful for that software. It's changed my business. I've gotten so many reviews because of it. It's awesome. I want to try to summarize what we've talked about. It's been great conversation. Lots of good stuff. Number one, know your numbers. Right, Kristen, you said your budget is about three to five percent for marketing. Mine's eight. I'm a little more aggressive, but know your numbers. Know what it costs to get a customer. Number two is maximize all your free channels. Maximize every Instagram post, Facebook groups for free. Maximize all your free channels, and then go into some of the paid stuff. And number three, knowing the importance of a life, the lifetime value of a client. That keeping a client on for a year is a lot more valuable, or for five years is a lot more valuable than one year. And if you want to sell your business, having recurring revenue is really important. Nice job. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> well done. This has been a great conversation. I know you guys enjoyed it. I, at least I did. I hope our listeners did too. Where can our listeners learn more about you guys? Christine? I can be found on Instagram, Christine S. Hodge, or at Clearview Washing. Also Facebook, Christine Hodge and Clearview Washing. Great. 
I'm on TikTok, <laughs> Instagram, YouTube, Facebook at Green Industry Podcast. And just have a brand new book out on Amazon. It's called The Lawn Care Advantage. You can grab your copy on Amazon. Great. Awesome. Thank you guys for doing Work That Matters. The markets that you guys are in, you're having an impact on your communities. Your customers appreciate it. They deserve good quality work that you guys are giving them. So thank you for creating jobs and producing something in the economy. It really matters. The marketplace is better for it. So thank you both for doing what you guys are doing. It's really, it really matters. If you like this episode, please like it, share it, review it, and spread the word and tell your friends. It helps us get the word out to other entrepreneurs like you. I'm really grateful to our listeners who tuned in today. I hope you heard something that will make your business more profitable and more efficient. I'm your host, Adam Sylvester, and you can find me at adamsylvester.com. Remember, your clients and your team deserve your very best. So go give it to them. We'll see you next time.